how do you perceive it if you are essentially using the software from what is a competitive business to you? Well, hang on. Firstly, it's my podcast. I ask the questions. Sorry. Uh, no. <laughs> hey, this is Mark Asquith, CEO and co-founder at Rebel Base Media, the UK podcasting experts. Maybe you're thinking to yourself, it's time that I started my own podcast. Because as we know, podcasting is a wonderful way to build audience engagement, a wonderful way to interact and connect with your audience. And it's a wonderful way to build your business. Well, you can get started with your own podcast today for just £1 by checking out Captivate.fm, the world's only growth-oriented podcast hosting company, analytics platform, and distribution center. Go and start podcasting today for just £1 at Captivate.fm. Hello and welcome to another episode of Marketed Not Live, the podcast for marketers who are looking to their own community to find out what's working now and importantly, what is around that corner. In every episode, we'll bring you a guest to talk about a specific marketing topic that will help you broaden your horizon. So whether you're into SEO, because you know there are a few of you out there, or maybe you're in social media, maybe you focus on customer experience, who knows? You need to get outside of that great big bubble and learn how all of these things fit together. And that's what we do at Marketed Live and that's what we do at the podcast as well. So we've had some great guests lined up over this season and we've got a couple more as well, including speakers from this year's Marketed Live. And that takes place, as you know by now, on Monday the 30th of September 2019. Two weeks, in fact at the magnificent Nottingham Contemporary. It would be fantastic if we had you there too. So uh, make sure you check out marketed.live online. Get your hands on one of the remaining tickets. Just a few left now uh, because we really want to see you there. Now, today's guest is uh, someone that I have come to know very well over the last few years. Uh, He's someone that has a background in building SaaS businesses. Andy Lambert is one of the founding team at ContentCal, a content marketing software platform, who in two and a half years are now used by more than 20,000 businesses in 140 countries. And it includes their, their user base, people like the NHS, BMW, Expedia. We're talking big names here. Uh, and us as well. We do actually use it ourselves. And I have to say, just from a personal capacity, I know I've said this when I have done a little bit of uh, work with them in terms of case studies and testimonials, but it has changed how we do things. So I'm really pleased that uh, Andy is going to join us today. Welcome to the podcast, Andy. Hey, Paul. Absolute pleasure to be on. Um, I've got loads of questions that I want to to ask you because I think what you've managed to do with Content Cal and the the history of that and where it's come from is is really interesting so tell us a bit more about that you started as a marketing agency right how did you how did you get to going from a marketing agency to content cal Uh, with a lot of pain basically (laughs) um yeah so we could probably talk for hours about the journey of going from an agency to a software business going from like a retainer slash project driven business to something that's driven off recurring revenue um yeah very a a massive massive change has been very painful at times and also is very horrible for your cash flow because if you think when you're an agency as you well know um as you run a great one yourself 
you know, you. you're taking you're taking money up front. You're doing the project. You're agreeing retainers. You hire the staff to deliver the work. When and that's fine from an agency perspective. But when you shift to a software model, you've got all of that upfront cost of building a software product before you even make your first ten quid a month, if you're lucky, uh, in recurring subscription revenues. And only after a number of months and years do you start to see the fruits. Of, of your labor so incredibly expensive so it then started us off onto a completely different trajectory which is like raising uh seed investment working with venture capitalists and that kind of thing of which you know that's that would have been completely alien to us from running an agency so how did you how did you how did you get to that point then so the, the, your success you're running a successful agency i'm going to assume it was successful and it wasn't <laughs> you didn't form the decision based on some kind of uh catastrophic event where you went we're not very good at this um so you, you're, you're running an agency and you're doing what a lot of people who might listen to this podcast do they're um creating content themselves they're liaising with clients they're doing all of that stuff um what what caused you to go do you know what we need to create a thing, whatever that is. Great question. So, so I'm going to bring in um, the original founder because I'm on the founding teams, but the, I can't be credited with the idea. That's Alex, who you know, so Alex Packham. So, um, the very, very short story here is Alex ran social media for Now TV, obviously part of Sky. Okay. Um, quit his job, like most people do when they do do social media management for large businesses, they end up you know, quitting, then going freelance, building an agency. So Alex quit that, his job in 2014, created just an agency of him doing doing work. And he had this idea for Content Cal and got a, uh, an organization in, in Russia to mock it up, basically, for, for what <laughs> we call sweat equity. <laughs> right, so <okay. laughs> um, basically, cheap development resource, uh, give them a little bit of, of the company. At that point, it's not worth anything, really. It's just, just an idea build it for free but if it if it starts to to take off then they've got a bit of equity in it so so that's the first thing to bring it to life and alex did a great thing with you know getting um now tv because this is the situation this is what alex always had in his mind is that when he left now tv he knew he was going to start an agency but the way he was managing content in now tv was through something that you'll be very familiar and i'm sure a few listeners will be familiar with is that um, they were managing their content plan, their content calendar on a spreadsheet, right? So yeah. getting sending it through all of their team to get approval. Um, they try to copy and paste all of the images for the different shows that they're going to be promoting as part of their social media schedule for Now TV. Either way, it turned into one massive color-coded mess. So Alex is like, there's definitely got to be a better way for that. So mocked up some designs, as I said, got um, a introduced to a team in russia to kind of build what you'd call a mvp minimum viable product Mm -hmm. Uh, and at that point because my background's been in software at that point i got involved um and thought actually you know what there's probably a bit of mileage in this and you know we ended up shaping it a little bit and starting to get this out to to a broader market um so all at the same time we were running we were running the agency because we needed to keep the agency going from a from a cash, cash yeah like the software was just kind of a bit of what we did but if if anyone's running an agency and looking at doing the software piece i think the most important thing we did was give that that software side room to breathe and a dedicated team 
to deal with it. So rather than it being, you know, just something that someone like Alex, for example, kind of took myself and, and Lawrence who runs product. And we just, we just kind of built the content cow software and, you know, built the market around it whilst we had other members of the team, like being account managers and creatives within the agency, basically separated that into two individual businesses that sat in the same office. So it wasn't like a side hustle, in other words. It was like, we're going to do this. This is what's needed. Here's the business case. This is this is like the, the, the predicted cost. We're going to put this number of people on it, and that's going to run separate to the, to the agency, right? Yeah, it, it basically got serious right away. So if, we, if we're going to do this, we're going to do this big, and we're going to raise investment. And, you know, we, we believe that this is a good idea, you know, early early kind of conversations with, with customers, not just now TV who are a bit of a beta pilot with it, yeah. but early customers were all telling us actually, you know, there's mileage in this. They all felt the same pain. So there's definitely something here. So that's a major decision to make to kind of go, right. I mean, this is like starting a new, a new business. So how did, how did the agency function? Was it just absolutely the, the same at, at that point with maybe a little bit of time taken from, from Alex in terms of, direction but the agency was running the same and at what at what point did um you guys decide that well we'll run down um the number of clients and put more energy into the product so that wasn't the decision that we took until this year um so it's actually been two and a bit years now of of running that agency and only this year we said you know what it's it's time to to kind of segment that and you know move it aside and essentially not run it down, but uh, find a different, different place for it in the sense that we are, we're not going to grow that anymore. That's not the primary focus. Okay. So you didn't so, set, you didn't set out to, to, to drop clients and that's been running until that, until that point. Yeah. It's been running to that point. Um, the cash flow is it, once you start raising money from investors, uh, the cash flow from, from the agency clients you know, um, whilst I won't, won't tell, you know, the complete metrics of our business, yeah, yeah. you know, an, an average agency client is going to be worth more than 30 grand per year to you, something like that. Mm-hmm. Whereas an average customer of our software is going to be worth somewhere between 500 to a thousand pounds a year. So you start to drop the 30 grand a year type of customers. Um, suddenly your cash flow looks much worse and yeah, <laughs> and then your business case to agent to investors eh, doesn't look quite as good off the back of that. So we've always, and, that, and that's been one of our major challenges um, because in an ideal world, we would have gone, right, okay, raised a bunch of investment. We've got great traction on the software side. We're all in because an agency running an agency and a software business means that the agency actually burns a lot of time. You burn through kind of resource clients need to be replenished. Um, and you know, you need to do great work for your clients. So you can't really take your eye off the ball too much. And that then in turn means that there isn't as much focus, even though it's got separate teams, the energies are still split. Mm. So, that, so that's a real, that's always been a real challenge, but you that's, can't, yeah, sorry, that, carry on. That, that's like a mindset thing though, right? So that's like a complete change of mindset going from big clients, smaller numbers to transactions, like online sales 
or you know probably not online sales to begin with because you've got to convince people that it's that it's a thing right but the the objective of a SaaS based business is that you've got your website and your marketing and your advertising campaign and and doing things like coming to marketed live and doing the expos but it's 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 numbers so that's <laughs> that's volume yeah yeah exactly that's exactly. A di- that's a different mindset that's a different way to sell how 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 did you do you have different teams for both of those or do you in terms of marketing so that there is no crossover of mindset or crossover of things or do, do people work with the agency and with content cow uh, well that's that's been the question in in the sense that for the last two years we've had resource split between between both marketing resource split between the both and sales resource um and if i'm if i'm completely honest that has not worked at all um that because ultimately you as you've correctly identified you're talking about two completely different business models yes there is some overlap um and that's always been the challenge in the sense that yes we've got thousands of people using our software product and i'm sure lots of them potentially need social media help but realistically you know when you're trying to to try and make that into a make that business model work it requires quite a lot of sales resource to be able to um you know to go to each of these you know thousands of customers and you know introduce them to the proposition of you know potential agency services but then again you know whilst we thought about that from a revenue perspective it might be attractive we would still need to you know still deal with the same agency led challenges which is you need to hire people to deliver the work um, when you know when agency customers potentially in-house their activities after a couple of years of us you know that revenue leaves needs to be replenished so yeah. all of that becomes a really it's basically a very difficult treadmill treadmill to get off um, because we're addicted to the cash flow we need it because it's in our business plan and our growth forecasts and you know investors get jitters when they they suddenly see you know 30 grand I, I, yeah, I, I can I completely understand. I mean, anyone who knows my backstory knows that that I've gone the the other way. So I started off with a with a a piece of technology and then moved from that to to agency because it, you know, hats off to you. It is bloody difficult to do something like like this. Uh, and in in the case of what we were doing, it just it just didn't work. But um, one just thinking about the marketing element of uh. What, what you guys are doing in, in that story because I want to move on to looking at content for a sec but um you don't you don't talk about that your you know you've got the agency experience or I mean I'm literally just looking at your website just in case I've <laughs> missed it but you don't kind of use your agency experience in your marketing to say well look this is our story we were an agency and we understand um the the trials and tribulations of of creating all of this content what why is that Hmm. That's a great question. I have that question quite a lot. Um, I've always been really nervous to to use that, especially as you know. I said we're now kind of winding down that agency side of things. We've finally got to that level, but all the time that we had that agency in the background, what I wanted to avoid is any potential conflict of interest mm-hmm. because because we're focused on software, right? And what I didn't want to do is for you know a huge amount of agencies that use us you being one of them i always was nervous about the fact that how would you you know as an 
customer who is an, an agency, how would you perceive the fact that we are an agency too, which essentially is a competitive business, but yet you're using our, our software. I did get a question from a, from a number of people. Um, it wasn't as much of an issue as I thought it was. Often with these things, you tend to think they're, they're more significant in your own mind. So that's kind of been the thing that's made made our kind of marketing not focus on on our agency experience at all um and now we're kind of going full circle as we're as we're reviewing a lot of what we've got going on at the moment you know you know you know life in marketing it's constant yeah. constant review so um yeah we, we're going to be bringing that message back more okay. so i mean i'm interested in your thoughts though because i've never really asked you about this about like how would how do you perceive it if you are essentially using the software from what is a competitive business to you? Well, hang on. Firstly, it's my podcast. I ask the questions. Sorry, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking over. <laughs> no, that's fine. Um, well, it's an interesting one because I I think I think it's partly to do with confidence. If I'm being honest, I think um, for 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 me actually uh, having having an understanding that you understand what my issues are gives me confidence that you're creating a product that is suitable for my type of business. So I'm, I'm, I don't see it as threatening that, that you have some, some clients. Now, um, I also think that, you know, you know, you're not a threat because of maybe differences in size, um, geography, location, we're in the Midlands, you're in London. So there's, there's lots of reasons why I don't, feel threatened by that at all um but i but i i do i i do look at well what's the background here how do they know and the thing without this trying to be an advert for for content cal the reason that i use it is because it it does fit what i need it to do for my business perfectly so that that's why that fit is there so for me it doesn't it, it doesn't matter it kind of adds a bit of credibility but i do understand that some people might go well hang on a second it's a, and i tell you what why that is similar it, it's a bit similar to running an event so you know we run an event obviously marketed live where we would like our competition in inverted commas to come to the event because it would be useful for them now I know that there are some agencies that won't come to Marketed Life because it's our event. Mm. I know that because I've heard that or someone said that to me. I just think it's a bit backward, to, if I'm being honest, because I think these days um, there's almost two types of business or two types of agency. One is um, very traditional, stuck in old ways of doing things, not very collaborative, sees everyone as a threat, sees everybody as competition, wants to kill everybody. And then there's others that are more modern, I think, more collaborative, are happy to work together, look at different skills and go, okay, well, you're, you're an expert in video, we're an expert in uh, writing, let's do something together. So I, th I, think, I think it depends. So I do, I do understand that, but I just thought it was interesting to um, see, see what you say there. Uh, right, let's get back to me asking the questions. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, let's talk about content creation because uh, th you know, this product that you've created is all about creating content and, and scheduling. When you talk to people, whether it's agencies, freelancers, or whoever your potential customers are, uh, what do you hear are the current challenges in creating content at the moment? Um, two things I would say, but the, the most important one and the most frequent one we, one we hear is 
I don't know what to post. I don't, what, what do I need to do? And this is a really common challenge because you mentioned at the start that we, you know, we have lots of big names using us, which is, which is obviously great. And it sounds glamorous, but 86% of our customers have less than 11 employees. So between one and 10, right? So it's a hugely SME focus or SMB focused business. And in that space, the people that are using our product are either owner proprietors or they are a marketer within the business that has an enormous amount of responsibility outside of doing social media content. So in amongst that, you know, the biggest challenge that we, we see is people just don't know what to do now. Um, you know, there's obviously events like yours to help people help inspire people and that kind of thing. And I mean, we, we've seen the same with our kind of fellow software products that do slightly different things like email marketing. You know, a lot of those founders of those kind of businesses will, will say the same challenge because, right, it's, it's all about knowing what to say and how to, how to address your customer base. People find it really, nerve, really nerve-wracking when they get into Content Cal and they see a, you know, a blank space, obviously a beautifully designed product, but ultimately a blank calendar of like, okay, so what am I going to say to my audience? And I can publish this to hundred different, different places, but what am I going to say? And that's, that's definitely the biggest barrier. Um, that then, and the kind of secondary barrier to that is about having the, the creative ability. Right. So there, there are lots of apps out there to, to aid this, but like how, how do you create a, a live video that looks good? And then how do you broadcast that to multiple places, you know, rather than just doing a Facebook live, how can you, you know, stream it to multiple places at the same time? Cause lots of people aren't familiar with that's, you know, there's platforms out there to do that. Yeah. Or, you know, how can I take a bunch of different images on my phone and make it into a kind of nice little video and annotate it really quickly with, with a really nice, and albeit in most cases, free app. So there's just loads of tools and resources out there to make life easy, but it goes back to the um, you know point A that I was just mentioning. It's it's about education, really. Um, you, obviously, you're you know marketed lives a great place for that. But that's um, right. Well done. <laughs> I have to get it in. Um, but you know that, that's it's difficult because where you know, the, the challenge that, that we find is that, you know, that, that education isn't an issue with a lot of the people that, you know, are, are real kind of big users of content cal, which is obviously a lot of them are agencies, a lot of them big businesses or like small mid-sized businesses, you know, they, they know what they're doing in the main, don't have any issues. They, they've got strategies written and all that kind of stuff. They know what they're doing, but from a small business perspective, really quite difficult uh, for these people to really know what they need to do um and you know having the actionable um because they will actually know the kind of general gist of what they need to do but they kind of miss the real actionable stuff that they need to say to say you, all right you need to say these kind of things these are the type of posts you should be publishing or type of ideas or concepts that you could be doing and here are some tools to help you bring it to life um mm. and that's yeah that, that's the challenge that we're really trying to solve for at the moment so do you, th- do, you, do you think some of it is to do with um, think, thinking about um, almost like, do you think the challenge is something like being able to understand the basics of marketing, not necessarily the format? So we all 
perhaps know that, you know, maybe video is working very well on social media and that maybe we should be doing video, maybe we should be doing live video. But what is the essence of the content within it? So are we doing an awareness piece or are we doing something with a specific call to action or are we trying to drive people towards the website? What is what is the, the purpose? I, I just wonder whether sometimes uh, we, we might be told, you know, we should be doing these things or we must create this type of thing, but we don't necessarily know why. Exactly, exactly. It, it, a lot of the focus around there's really two types of kind of key education I see, which is also we've seen, I think it's quite misleading. So there's, there's the stuff that is really big and glossy and makes people in, potentially inspired to do something. This is the possibility of social media. This is what happens when something goes viral. When you, when you work with an incredible brand, these are the things that can happen. But the, the difficulty, and I a hundred percent agree with you is like when you're, when you're in the trenches, in a small business or, or any size business really, but let's think about small ones for now, where you've got a myriad of other tasks you need to complete on that day. Very little understanding of, potentially very little of understanding of the, of the overarching what, what your marketing strategy might be and what the distribution strategy looks like. You've, you've got education that kind of tells you that social media is great. As you say, you should do, should do video, you should launch a podcast, make sure you're on YouTube. All of that stuff is really disorientating um, because people just end up freezing because you're like, oh, like a rabbit in the headlights. I don't know what to do. And social media is, if I had to describe it in one word, is overwhelming. It's right? kind of and the worst for that, isn't it? It's like <laughs> properly like social media is like the worst there's yeah. so there's so much stuff out there. Do you think actually the fact that there's so much stuff out there and that there's so much guff uh, that doesn't really do anything or doesn't really have an effect, um, like almost self perpetuates that that there's so much rubbish or noise out there that people end up creating more and more noise without going right. Hang on a second. What what do what do we do here? How are we going to stand out a bit? How are we going to do something that's slightly different? you're absolutely right so um that's that's the the key thing and there's there's a lot of pressure within within the space as well so you know overwhelming lots of things you could do lots of different noise lots of you know should do this you should be here you should be there but really for for someone who's potentially not seen the success so far either in a small business or you know taking their first steps into this you know simple is simple is best it is you know everything's always about the message so if your kind of creative is good your strategies aligned so you know are we building brand awareness are we looking to potentially grow our followers on a particular platform or are we looking to drive traffic to a certain landing page we've created for a new product we're launching you know if as long as your strategy makes sense and what you're looking to achieve makes sense then um, the ultimate, like the channels and distribution don't matter as much as the, the content itself. So when the, when the content's right, then you've got a bunch of different tools to bring that to life. As I was saying earlier, like tools to help you create video or, you know, do email marketing or tool like ours to help you send your message to multiple different locations at once, you know, um, that's all fine. That's, that's great. But it's, it goes back to the planning element. And this is something we lean on quite heavily at Content Cal as, as a bit of a differentiator. So, you know, it's all about, you know, the, the quality of the output is 
is dependent on the quality of the input. So as long as your strategy makes sense and then the overarching kind of creative theme of what you're looking to do, you know, you think actually, you know, this is a goer, maybe test between a couple, but, you know, and nothing else really matters so much as, as the top bit. And I think that's, mm. that's the bit that's often, you know, often missed from, you know, a lot of the education because the education ends up or the, the recommendations from yeah. a lot of people is format driven. Yeah, I, I agree actually there. It's like, you know, you need to have purpose first. What's the purpose? What, like you say, what's the strategy? What's the objective here? Let's work from that. And the mechanics are separate. You know, the mechanics is just about implementing what the what the purpose is. Um, okay, so where do you see that that going then in in the future? What does the future of content look like to you? Hmm, scary. Um, so, my there's there's a couple of ways of of answering this. So, firstly, uh, the reason I say scary is because I was having this conversation yesterday um, with someone in in a similar space to us talking about you know the latest moves at Facebook and Instagram, and you know. Does anyone get wind of what they're doing before anyone else? Which is probably no. So, <laughs> I was going to um, say, what's the answer there? No. Yeah, uh, yeah, and and it's and it's a real real challenge when something's constantly moving to kind of not only for us building a business around it, but for anyone that's actually publishing content there is on a daily basis. They'll wake up and realize that the game has changed slightly, uh, and that's that's really really hard. Mm-hmm. That that being said, you know what I'm the, the thing that I'm really keen on at the moment, and the more future around content is that we've we've got onto a bit of a hamster wheel at the moment, which is you know churning out a mass amount of content. Like there there seems to be some wisdom somewhere that you need to do three posts per week on on Facebook, one two a day on Twitter, all, all of that. Pardon my French is bollocks, right? So um, as far as I'm concerned. It's less, um, it's less about like the, the distribution right, right now. I'm just saying I want to put out like this many posts and should be on these platforms. The, the real beauty is going to be in, in content repurposing. And this is where, you know, businesses, certainly smaller businesses will be able to thrive in the sense that, you know, we're, we're creating a podcast right now, but repurposing that co- podcast and thinking about this in as many different places as possible chopping that up into sound bites for social, chopping this up into, you know, the transcript should go on medium, for example, um, being able to, to package this up. We could be doing this over video too. And, you know, do this as a webinar, for example, as well, chuck that on YouTube. So it's, it's easy to be on, on multiple formats. If you think about the whole notion of what we call like create once and publish everywhere, cope, C O P E. So, um, and I think that's, that's something that I'm, we're quite keen on prosecuting this argument because, you know, the lifespan of, of a piece of content is so small. People spend so much time creating that stuff and the vast majority of it does not get read. That's just, that's just not a sustainable way forward. Mm. Oh, that's, um, that, I think, you know, what? I think you're right actually there. I mean, it's interesting because there's, there's a lot of um, businesses that I see or people doing a lot more about repurposing content. And that, that does kind of, I understand why that is if you, from what you from what you're saying because yeah you're right if you're just creating fresh content all the time and thinking of lots of different ways and yet people aren't seeing it there doesn't really seem a lot of point to that whereas if you're taking a high quality high value piece of content and then doing more with it that would that would make a lot more sense 
Exactly. I mean, there's, I'll take this podcast example, right? Because, you know, in here, there's probably, there might be none, but there might be some really good sound bites. There might be five, 10, mostly probably uttered from, from your mouth, but you know, it might be good sound bites in here that, um, you know, you, there's, there's 10 posts in that alone waiting. Right. So, um, to, to me, it feels like a lot, in a lot of instances, people are like, I want to get some content done, ticket off the list, one and done off we go. Yeah. Um, but the, yeah, the, um, the kind of half-life of that content is actually much longer. Mm. So, okay. So there's, there's some, there's some good future stuff. All right. Look, Andy, um, I've got some reasonably quick fire questions for you where sure. I want your opinion on certain things. These are questions that we've asked everybody else on each of the episodes. Uh, so your answers will be compared and contrasted and ranked as to as to where you are in our industry, okay? Oh, oh God! <laughs> no, I'll be at the bottom then. <laughs> no, no pressure. Let's ask you these questions. All right. Now you've got lots of opinions on on stuff, and you see a lot of people. Who's killing it in marketing right now? Oh, that's a great question. Oh, um, Slack. Slack. Why is that? Uh, yeah, they um, they drive one hundred and eight million new visits to their website every single day. Unflipping believable. Um, and their organic strategy is just, um, it's just on point. Anyone just check out Slack. What they do from a medium and YouTube perspective is phenomenal. They're really good at making, um, stuff consistent across multiple channels. Um, like certainly around like their help guides and business growth tips, uh, their podcast and their podcast has been an incredible success. Great, great example of not being everywhere, repurposing stuff across multiple formats and killing it. Okay, let's go and check out Slack. All right, um, best technology that you're using at the moment? Oh, great question. Um, I'd probably say at the moment is Intercom, which is our kind of live chat slash mm-hmm. customer service tool. Um, so yeah, we, we couldn't have grown this business without it. Why, is, why do you like it so much? Um, because you know, the whole, the whole notion of like bots, people being able to get there, that information as quickly as possible. So when any, anyone's using content, cow little chat bubble in the bottom, right. That says, you know, how can I help you? And someone's like, Oh, I need to know how to post to Instagram, you know, and the bot's going to suggest them some frequently asked, you know, some, some replies to that or potential articles, but all oh, they could just chat to us directly. But, um, the, the consumerization of, you know, work software is real. So people, you know, our customers essentially like consumers at work. So people expect, um, a ridiculous level of service basically. So, right. you know, that allows us to reply to people. Um, you know, our average reply time is under an hour for anyone, you know, and that's, that's not bad with 25,000 people using us. No, quite brilliant. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, so that's technology. What about podcasts? Do you listen to podcasts? Uh, I do indeed. Okay, what's uh, your favourite podcast yeah. that you listen to at the moment? Yeah, so I'm I'm a loser. Uh, I'm a complete car nerd. So it's a Formula One podcast called Beyond the Grid. And really well produced. Uh, great guests, but I'm a Formula One nerd. So, is it done by famous somebody famous, or is it an official F1 podcast? It, or is it's it just an a official F1 podcast done by a a journalist of of Formula One. So fantastic rapport with the guests and basically an insight into racing drivers' lives that you would never have known before. So right. So behind the scenes kind of stuff. So it feeds your your nerd. <laughs> it feeds my nerdness and just makes me cry that I never became a racing driver, basically. Oh, 
yeah. I'm, well, I'm I'm happy with I'm happy with that. Not that you didn't become a racing driver, but <laughs> the 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 suggestion because um you know we don't need any more marketing podcasts, do we? All right. Um, advertising. Give me a great ad that you've seen TV, radio, or whatever. Oh, uh, oh yes. Yeah. So um, I wouldn't say it's, can I can I do a social ad? Yeah, of course. Yeah, cool. Um, Monday.com's ads, of which everyone in the world will see Monday's ads. Um, they're ludicrously simple and articulate the product in the quickest way possible. Uh, it's a really similar proposition, you know, to, to how we would like to see Content Cal articulated. And, um, you know, they're one of the fastest growing SaaS businesses at the moment. And uh, it's a big, re- they've got a lot to thank those ads for. Mm. Yeah, I see them a lot. Okay. Um, <laughs> they're everywhere. Uh, right. Um, you're going to be at Marketed Live in Nottingham in a couple of weeks. Why should someone bother to come and see us? Um, a lot of what we've spoken about today, um, which is marketing, you know, this, this is broader marketing. This isn't just social. Um, social is one element of distribution. Overarching marketing strategy and thinking about everything you do about how you talk about your business through multiple channels and looking at it across, across your whole funnel, uh, is absolutely critical. Just thinking about social means you miss, you know, 75% of the opportunity. Mm. Cool. All right. And, um, if people are interested in, uh, you or the, uh, product content, Cal, the business, whatever, uh, apart from coming to see you at marketed live, cause you'll be there. How can people get in touch with you? Uh, so, uh, website contentcal.io, um, follow us on Twitter at contentcal underscore IO and, uh, yeah, otherwise come to marketed live, chat to us there and, um, yeah, I think that's, that's probably it. Cool. Okay. Well, um, it's been a pleasure to talk to you, Andy. Thanks so much for being on the podcast today. I can't wait to see you in a couple of weeks. Yeah, you too, mate. Thanks so much for having me on. Well, that's all for this episode of Marketed Not Live. If you've enjoyed today's show, there is always a call to action on these things. And it's simply this. We want you to leave us a review on the podcast platform of your choice. Help spread the word about this and about the event as well. Marketed Live 2019 taking place on Monday the 30th of September. Remember that our event brings together experts from all marketing disciplines, As Andy just said, it's not just about one, it's about multiple things. So if marketing is your thing in any way, we need to see you there. Visit marketed.live for all the info on speakers, travel options, accommodation, read the blog post from your fellow attendees and speakers. And until next time, we'll see you.